Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Principles for Principles, a podcast for school leaders to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership. If you're a school or district administrator, we're glad you've joined us and you're in the right place. Whether you're an experienced leader or just getting started in your career as a school leader, this podcast is for you, and we can't wait to share tips, resources, and guidance in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. We're your hosts, Aaron Dare and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education, and today we're going to talk about equity and school leadership with our colleague from the Equity Department, Senior Director, Dr. Fabiola Bagula. Dr. Bagula is here to discuss the importance for principals to be equity-centered school leaders to ensure access and opportunities for all students. Hi, Fabi. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being a guest on Principles for Principles. Thanks for having me. Uh, as you know, we asked you to join us today to talk about equity and school leadership. So let's start with the, the sort of centerpiece question of why is it important that equity is at the forefront of each school leader's work? I mean, that's a really big question. I think equity in general is a really big topic, right? It has all sorts of nuances. It's multifaceted. Um, but I really think it's, it's our responsibility. Um, I think we, if we sign up and we apply and we seek out administrative roles and leadership positions, then it's our responsibility to ensure that each and every child feels seen, heard, valued, and has joy when they enter our building. And they're also learning um, at, the, at the level that, that everyone should. And so I, I go back to this notion of the work of equity is important because it's our, it's our responsibility to offer those learning conditions to each and every child. Um, and that's sometimes if we don't practice critical self-awareness or understand um, the issues of equity that exist in not only in school systems, but in our country and in the world, then we might replicate those conditions or we might even hold behaviors that go against our belief system. And so um, we have the responsibility to be critically self-aware and to understand that sometimes these behaviors show up um, and then how do we interrupt them and help others interrupt those behaviors as well in a kind way. And I will always say that, like it's, I, I believe that all educators want to do the right thing for children. Um, and sometimes we just, we don't. Um, so then how might we help each other out with grace and kindness to do so? That's great. That, and that makes me think about just the, the importance of remembering that that intention to do what's right for kids really is what leads most of us into this work as educators. Um, but at the same time, when you talk about that responsibility, um, that, that's a heavy lift and can feel like a heavy burden too, right? That's something that, um, that can keep people up at night. So what advice would you give to help build the capacity and expertise of principals to equip them to be more equity-centered school leaders? Well, one of the things that, I mean, I, I just remember going to all these workshops. I try to go to many workshops myself still, um, even as I lead the work of equity, I still attend workshops on issues of equity because I remember thinking um, if they keep saying, or they meaning trainers, like be critically self-aware and try to stop yourself in the moment. I thought, yes, but if I'm in my bias mode, then maybe I don't even know that I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and so how might I like really think about that? And I know I'm getting a little meta, um, but just wondering about that. And so I really believe that it's important to learn the language of equity, to learn about the concepts because knowledge is power. And so if I know these things exist, if I know this certain bias exists, then I'm able to think, oh, I'm about to engage with a new family. 
I'm about to welcome a new student. Um, and so how might I um, unknowingly treat them differently? And so that's actually something that came in, um, into play with one district that I'm coaching. They actually stated, when we receive students from China, we make an assumption that their parents are professors at UCSD. And so the level of supports and how we welcome is very different than when we receive students from Guatemala and our assumptions about what their parents are doing and their intellectual capacity. That level of honesty and vulnerability is really important to change our behavior. And that's why it's so important to continue to develop your knowledge around issues of equity because we do those behaviors unknowingly, right? We can argue and say, well, we understand they're second language learners and they're possibly migrant workers and so they need more support, but that's all bias. And that's all that what all of that does is that causes us to have lower expectations for children where we shouldn't. Um, we, we, all, we know that we need to make sure that we value the cognitive capacity that enters our classrooms, that enters our school systems, but also that we value the humanity and the whole story and the whole child. And so that's the piece that I think is important for us to think about is, do we know the isms that exist in school systems? And are we able to practice critical self-awareness in the present moment so that we interrupt those behaviors? And we, again, make sure that every child that enters our school feels seen, valued, heard, loved, joy, all of those things. Um, but it is a notion of responsibility. Um, and I, uh, so I'm gonna story tell if that's okay. Um, yeah. I, I was a principal for 10 years and there was one, um, my campus was open campus and I, I didn't like it at all. I kept arguing with the district office about making sure that it was gated, but there was one incident and it was during Halloween. And I remember I was very pregnant and full Halloween costume because it's an elementary school. And so we're going to have a Halloween parade after school and all of that. So um, a parent came that we've never met before. And so we didn't have any records of that parent. Um, no, whoever enrolled the child did not include him in any of the paperwork. And so I was not going to release their child. And um, he ran to the classroom and pulled the child out and ran out off campus with her. Now we had no record or knowing who this person was. And so I ran after him. And all I kept thinking was, I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> if I catch him. Um, but I know I'm not going to lose a child on my watch. Like that's not going to happen. Um, and I wonder often about the responsibility we feel or how school would be different if that level of responsibility that I felt that moment was about each and every student and their learning. Like not under my watch, not under my watch will students leave my school not prepared to go to junior high or not reading at a at grade level or not having the numeracy skills that they need to succeed. How might we rearrange the support systems we have for students? How might we rearrange the support systems we have for teachers um, in order to get all students in that way? And so I keep thinking that this notion of responsibility is really important that we need to explore a little bit more. And I think if we went at um, at the whole system with the level of responsibility that we feel over children's safety, then I think we, were, we would be able to move lots of, lots of things and dismantle lots of um, issues of equity that exist in school sites. And then just to story tell, there was a construction, there was a construction site going on and those construction workers happened to hear me yell, help, help, help. I can only imagine what that must've looked like because I was dressed like Maleficent. So like full on horns, big belly, pregnant belly, chasing yeah. after a, a, a man. Um, so they stopped him. Um, and then the police came. Um, so it was just, a, a. I just always go back to that story because I kept thinking, I'm not going to lose this child. Like that's not going to happen. And I go back to, do, did I feel the same level of urgency and care and responsibility for every single child at my school? And would that 
and how much that would reframe the decisions, the financial decisions that we make, the staffing decisions that we make, um, and the collective responsibility that we would feel. That's a super powerful story, and I'm glad that that you were able to get some help. Um, it, it's it, the story is also making me think of just the 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 sort of combined power of both the vision that we have about that sense of responsibility and care for every student, and also the the value and power of stopping to reflect and think about those kinds of things too, right? To make sure that when we are planning out our work as leaders, that, that we have consciousness of exactly how we do value each and every child and what we, what we want to do to make sure that that's, that's how we show up in the way we do our work too. So I appreciate both the example and the principles that are driving your work. Thank you. You know, Fabi, um, thank you for sharing your story. And it just, you know, really made me think about how, yes, you know, we should be looking at every single child individually and, you know, really with that lens in mind of, you know, equity and just what do they need? Um, you know, the equity department offers a lot of um, opportunities for um, people in San Diego County, I'm sure probably outside of San Diego County. And I know that um, you've started what we call in our in San Diego, the equity conference. And so um, we have one coming up soon. And I know um, there's many opportunities to learn about different things within that conference. So we'd like to just ask you a little bit about what uh, people could expect at an equity conference, and then maybe talk to us a little bit about what we might expect for this year. Okay, beautiful. And then thank you also for that plug of, of the um, learning opportunities we offer. We do have, we, we contract, of course, with districts and school sites, but we also offer lots of free learning opportunities. Um, and we they tend to be delivered or advertised via our newsletter. So that's a shameless plug. If anyone wants um, to receive our newsletter, we won't spam your inbox. It's only once a month, but you'll get a whole calendar of events and signups for, um, for the month of that the, for the future month. And one of the things that we're doing right now um, is one of our uh, colleagues, Ebony Weathers, uh, created 15 minute sessions called Ask Me Anything. And so what we've noticed is that sometimes issues of equity, people have questions that they're too afraid to ask. Um, and so we devised a way to ask those questions anonymously and learn some of those terms. And so I know sometimes I'm too embarrassed to ask certain questions. And so, but, and I'm still learning, like there's a few communities that I want to do my best to be a better ally, but I also know that some of my questions are ignorant. And so um, I ask, I tend to ask them in private. So I think that that's one of the things that we want to do is kind of say, no, it's important that we ask these questions and we come together to learn more, especially if it's in that spirit. So anyway, that's my plug for them. But the equity conference is in January. It's a pretty big conference. This is going to be our third year. Um, I'm really proud of it because it brings people together uh, across multiple identities in education, meaning superintendents and school board members and counselors and um, RSPs and, and uh, principals and teachers. So a little bit of every everybody. But what I love about that is that true equity work does require each and every person in a school system to be focused on that work. And so I appreciate the camaraderie that happens. Um, this year, we're really centering um, Indigenous voices. So we're, we're almost having like a conference within a conference. We have a whole section called Native Ways of Knowing, where we invited Native scholars, authors um, that are going to showcase their books and showcase different um, levels of support for our Indigenous students. We will also be um, hosting a movie screening 
um, a, a documentary that will air on PBS very soon, but it's all about the boarding schools in America. And I don't know about you, but I've been keeping up with the news of all of the findings, both in Canada and the United States, and it's heartbreaking. And I think it's important to know this history, especially with, with this very important community that often gets overlooked in our data and in our efforts. And so I'm really excited about that. But we also have Ivory Tolson, who is an African-American scholar out of Howard University, who really wants us to look at student data differently. Um, and I love that concept because I think sometimes we're just numb to the data that we always receive. And so having a completely different lens will be helpful. And we also have um, a, a Latina scholar who talks about being undocumented in America and now, and she's actually really successful in America. And so she tells her story. Um, we have Martin Odima, who is an African-American um, special education um, teacher who talks about all of the issues of equity in special education, because many times we ignore that particular population of students when we talk about issues of equity, but the intersectionality and the complexities with that population is also important. Um, and honestly, like I'm, as I'm even telling you this and, and doing this commercial, um, education has a long, long list of stereotypes in their label system. And so we immediately, like I'm thinking about conversations I would have with teachers as they would get their rosters and they would say I have six IEPs and four ELLs and and the assumption immediately about the level of support and the cognitive capacity that the students would have is problematic um, and so that's actually one of the things that we talk about when we talk about dismantling is how are we really looking at each and every child with an assets-based lens to see their gifts um, and so I'm hoping that this conference brings together that camaraderie, that knowledge, and then that push um, to move for our work forward and to lead us into um, changing things for our students. The theme is equity is love in action, because again, we believe equity work is unifying work, and it's rooted with deep radical love that changes organizations and changes conditions for students. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. So I hope you can join us. We have over 800 people registered um, as of yesterday. And we are following all the COVID protocols too. I wanna to make sure that people know that. Um, and I hope more people register to come. Thank you, Fabi. And um, we can add your information in our podcast description. So we, you can put in the plug for your um, sign up for your publication and also for the equity conference. Okay. Um, Jeff, is there something you wanted to add? Well, before we let you go, Fabi, we wanted to, uh, to have a little fun with a quick uh, impromptu hot seat activity. Okay. So if you're game, we have three uh, quick and painless questions to throw your way um, just to help us connect with you a little more and help our listeners to uh, to to kind of connect with the the, the humanness of, of our guests. too. Right. So um, so we promise that it'll be fun. So the first question is, uh, what was the very first album you ever owned? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually remember this. It was an elementary school. It was Depeche Mode, Black Celebration. <laughs> it's either that or Tears for Fears, but I'm pretty sure it was Black Celebration. All right. And what was the format of that album? That was on cassette tape. Right. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've bought that album now on cassette tape and an album and a CD. So I'm not buying it on Spotify or anything. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Probably have enough copies of that. Um, all right. Question number two. What is the first car you remember riding in with your family? Oh, um, a Chevy Nova. And I will always, I, I never really paid attention to that until I was in college. And I remember the professor talking about what a horrible name 
to give that car because in Spanish it means it doesn't go. And then it made me laugh because I was like, yeah, no, va. like, yeah. And it was always breaking down. So he was right. <laughs> like, so anyway, very good. What color was it? That I don't remember. I okay. just remember it was a Nova. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. And the final question, um, where is the first place that you ever traveled to on an airplane and how old were you? So um, I didn't travel on an airplane until I was in my twenties and it happened to be a really kind of crazy trip. I went to Brazil. And we were there for a very long time. And we went to a place called Jedi Guacuara, which is a like a very, um, yeah, so this was a weird first trip, right? Um, but it felt like Indiana Jones getting there because I think we took um, a couple of airplanes. We took dune buggies. We took um, a raft. Uh, we took a boat. <laughs> we actually wow. landed, landed in the middle of the jungle. And I remember like going, oh okay, like this is a really tiny plane I'm getting in to the middle of the jungle landing in like in the, literally like the middle of the jungle and then hopping on someone's pickup truck in the back. So um, I don't think I would do that in my 40s anymore. <laughs> well, it makes yeah. a great adventure story. Thanks yeah. for sharing. You have survived our hot seat activity. So thank you for playing along. Yeah, thank you, Fabi, for joining us. Thanks for joining this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principle or our tip sheet using the link in the podcast show notes. If you have feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at SD underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school, school leadership tips. Thanks for listening. The end.